0: Nintendo!
1: Nintendo Voice Chat with a very special treat. I am Jose Otero, once again joined by Brian Altano. I can't
2: believe you referred to me as a special treat. That was so sweet of you.
1: Well, we also have uh, two special guests. We do. Today, that's right. So, Bill Trinan from Nintendo Treehouse, also joined by Ann Lynn, who is also a member of Nintendo Treehouse, here to talk a little bit more about Animal Crossing. Uh, you know, Happy Home Designer is coming really soon and we wanted to sort of talk to these folks a little bit of, uh, and get a bit of a peek behind the scenes you know sort of working on these games localizing sure. these games and sort of helping people just kind of learn where some of the special stuff comes from. Um, so thank you very much for joining us by the way. Yeah thanks for having us. Yeah, for having cool cool and can we start with you just for folks at home uh, if you give them a quick introduction you know you're part of Treehouse like when did you join and uh, sort of when did you start working on Animal Crossing?
3: Um, well, let's see, I joined Localization back in 2004, back in the bad old days, when <laughs> um, we were still in the, the old treehouse, a kind of windowless secret room, a bit dusty. Um, and I started off as a Localization writer and editor, um, and let's see, the first animal costume that I worked on was Wild World for the DS, and I headed up the writing side on that. Also headed up the writing side for City Folk, um,
1: and also wrote for New Leaf. And had you done localization prior to that?
3: I had not, and it was totally lucky that I fell into this job. You know, being a, a video game fan and also um, having a background in creative writing, I didn't even realize that this was a potential like job career path when I was in college. And when I first uh, read the job description, I was like, "Whoa, this is like being like an ice cream taster for a living. <laughs> These jobs exist." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fortuitous.
1: Yeah, it's it's fun because I think Bill had a similar story in terms of falling into uh, his job at Nintendo as well when he started. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's that they just, which was funny for me because having studied Japanese Mm. and having been looking around for jobs using Japanese in the Seattle area, I had like almost forgotten that Nintendo of America was out here.
1: Right, right. Right.
0: And then when I ended up
1: applying for a job here through another agency, I was like, oh, wow,
0: like how stupid was I? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, uh, uh, sorry, this might be a bit of Inside Baseball, but just uh, if, if you can go with me here. I've heard with localization uh, there are writers and there are translators and there are writer-translators. Like, do you guys prefer the roles separated or do you like them together to have someone who can do both? Um, do you
3: mean localization at Nintendo or localization? Yeah,
1: localization at Nintendo specifically. Well,
3: localization at Nintendo works as... Uh, so we get the, the kind of source... Japanese concept and text, and then that's translated by our bilingual product specialist. Okay. And then it's kind of reworked by the writer editors into something that is um, more suitable for our market. Okay,
1: okay.
0: Yeah, so we have two we have the, the bilingual side and then the writer side, right. and, and they work close in hand. Okay. Um, with with one another as they go through that process, mm-hmm.
3: and of course, after the the writing step, we also localize our products into uh, French and Spanish. Okay,
1: okay. Do they base that off the English script, or do you hand them sort of yeah, the raw?
3: But they are also making changes to um, make the content more fun and appealing for
1: their their markets. Okay, okay. So then, uh, Bill, as a, as a Treehouse veteran. Uh, what was your first experience with Animal Crossing? Like, when it showed up, I mean, what went through your mind?
0: Well, actually, my first experience with Animal Crossing was actually the N64 version that didn't launch here in North America. Um, it launched in Japan at the very end of the N64 lifecycle. And at the time, the, the dev team in Japan, I think they had shown the game to some folks um, on, the, on the US side here to NOA fairly early on in development and the initial reaction they got i think early on was that yeah we don't know if we'll launch that game in North America which of course is rare for a, a game from EAD and so that but that dev team under Mr. Eguchi they just said oh, okay well if that's the case we're going to make the game the way that we want to make it for the Japanese market and they went to work on and finished the uh, the N64 version and and as the game got close to being done um, they said, well, why don't, why don't you guys take a look at it one more time? And they sent a version over to us and myself and Tim O'Leary and uh, a couple of other folks, uh, four of us all set up houses in one town on the N64 version. And with that version, you basically, you had to pass the cartridge around and take turns. And mm-hmm. so it very quickly turned into a fight to see who could get the cartridge first in the morning every day because early, you know, you're the, the, te- the store is small and it's like whoever gets in there first and gets the shovel or the fishing rod has a leg up <laughs> over everybody else. Yeah, yeah. It's like right? a land
1: grab, yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and so we would pass the cartridge around all day long and I would play for a little bit and I'd give it to Tim and Tim would take it and give it to somebody else and I would go to Tim and be like, dude, where's the cartridge? I want to play again. And uh, he's like, oh, so-and-so has it. And then I'd go run over there and see if I could get it from them, and then the other person would be looking and trying to get it. And it quickly, you know, we we all got hooked on it really, really fast. And uh, and together we all kind of wrote an evaluation of the game and said we really need to bring this out in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was sort of the start of it. And uh, but what ended up we ended up doing was they took the N64 version and they brought that over to GameCube um, early in the GameCube lifecycle. Uh, and they added a few things to it, um, but it was basically the the same game as the N sixty four version. So we did the initial localization based off of that, uh, and it was uh, that was also I think it was we started work on that shortly after the launch of GameCube, and probably spent a good you know ten months to a year working on it.
2: Which I'm glad you did, by the way, because that created uh, a similar rift between my roommate and I in college, where we both moved into the same town. And we would kind of take turns being like, hey, you're going to class today, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I'd come back, and it would be like six months in the future, and his whole house would be paid off, and I'd still have a shack, and everything in Nook's store was sold out. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fantastic. I really spent, I spent, I don't know if I've really talked about this on this show, but I've, I've spent, I spent hundreds of hours playing the first Animal Crossing game for GameCube. And it's like this, it came at a time in my life when I was... You know what, 19, 20 years old, or, or whatever it was, we were supposed to be playing like real manly games, and I was like, you know what, it's or, I, or maybe you're maybe you're supposed to be studying for your or <laughs> that yeah, there's sure there was that. Uh, hey, I got here somehow, <laughs> um, but I, I would rather stay home and roll snowballs around and you know collect the entire lovely s- furniture set and stuff like that. You know, so uh, it was it was always a very special game, and I think that one thing that I really appreciated was the the level of sort of humor in the script that did, it did really, I mean, it's in, in terms of Nintendo games, it's probably, it's, it's some of the most densest uh, not really in terms of how heavy the dialogue is because no characters die or anything like that, hopefully. They I know move They move
1: away. Just, you don't know what they happens.
2: They move away or you come back to your house and it's full of roaches. It's dark. It's real bad. <laughs> but uh, in terms of having interactions with characters, I remember sitting there at, at 2 o'clock in the morning, actual real human time, and just talking to animals over and over until they were like, hey, I found this piece of furniture. You want it? And you would just have these interactions with them that would go on for hours and hours. What's, what's, it, what's it like sort of... Of, of honing in on, on each individual character trait like that and when you're localizing a game
3: what's it like um, well I guess we're always thinking about the end user experience and also trying to make little magic moments for someone who's maybe playing the game a lot a lot a lot and getting maybe that one message you know that one like secret message mm-hmm. so trying to think about it from that perspective Um, I think there's also a fair amount of, because all of the Animal Crossings have always involved, like, big teams of writers and translators, there's a lot of, like, kind of creative back and forth that happens, and I think people feed off of that. Um, and there's also a fair amount of, as Bill kind of touched on, you know, late night, um, semi-dazed translation and writing, and I think that's also uh, a source of a lot of humor.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's, that's fun is that just because of the sheer amount of characters and text in the game mm-hmm. is, you know, at least with the first one, and I think probably with subsequent ones as well, we would assign specific characters to specific people. Yeah. And, and then, you know, like Rich Amtower worked on, on the original game, mm-hmm. and he had a friend who got the final game home and was playing it, and he was like, whenever I talk to this character, I hear you, Rich. I hear your voice. <laughs> and I'm trying to, I can't remember was who it, it was Gulliver? now. It, it, sounds yeah, like figured, <laughs> it might have been Gulliver. But yeah, and so it's like you have specific characters in there who sort of take on a little bit of the personality of
2: yeah. the individuals that translated or did the, the final write on them. Did Did Rich, was Rich the kind of guy that would fall asleep on a beach and wake up with random <laughs> random trinkets from all over the world and not really remember how he got them. Yeah. I think
3: we're supposed to reveal
2: that. Yeah. But yes. Okay. He's, yeah. I was, I was actually talking to Jose about Gulliver earlier. He's really one of my favorite characters in the game. Cause you don't, I mean, there are a lot of the other characters. Some of them are very moody. Some of them are kind of sad. Some of them are really kind of rambunctious and excited, but Gulliver's always just sort of like kind of, he's, very generous and also very haggard and he just i think he's hung over like he just woke up and he's like oh man last night was rough uh here's the eiffel tower I, i'm never going back to paris see you later and then you don't see him for like a month it's very 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 odd so how much of that sort of gets sent to you guys first from japan and how much of it can you kind of pick up on your own and go this we're going to kind of shape this character to be the way we want it to be
3: I think it kind of depends on the character. For some of them, you know, they're very easily translatable. There's a clear analog um, in North American culture. For some of them, if it's very Japanese, then we might have to do kind of a, like I was talking about earlier, creative overhaul to find an analog for our market. Mm -hmm.
1: So then going back to uh, sort of sharing that cartridge with uh, two other people at NOA and that experience, uh, was the... Were you guys ever concerned that, like, the lack of direction, like, because Animal Crossing games, like, the, the initial part is, well, pay off your loan, pay off your home, but then it's kind of, well, it's really on you to figure out what you, what you want to develop and what you want to do. Did you guys ever have uh, sort of fear that people wouldn't get that aspect of it, that people would not understand what to really hang on to next as an objective or a thing to do? Well, no, actually, I think that because of the
0: way that we looked at the the N64 version and we had four different people playing together at the same time, it actually kind of showed us how different people play the game different ways. Because okay. uh, very quickly we had um, one of the, there was a girl who was playing with us and her focus very quickly went towards, you know, planting flowers and, and designing the room and things like that. Whereas for the longest time, like my house just had like that original cardboard box mm-hmm. and I was like I'm just getting fish yeah. I'm just catching <laughs> <laughs> bachelor pad <laughs> <laughs> alright and in the that, in the GameCube version you had um, you did a lot more of like running errands for the animals um, and so I would spend a lot of time just like oh he wants me to take this and run it over there and I'll do that and then I come back and see what I get for that mm-hmm. uh, which was a lot of fun and, and then kind of gradually over time one of the things that I started to do in, in both kind of the early versions and in the more recent versions is I'll have like specific characters in my town and I'll walk into their house and I'll just be like I don't I don't really like your house I'm just going to start sending you furniture that I want you to put in your house <laughs> and so I would like then I'd be running on around on these errands trying to find furniture and then writing these letters and sending them to them and you know because of the way that the system would process the letters that you wrote you, if you really want them to react to it you've got to put effort into what you're writing and so And then, like, there would be cases where I'd be like, I really want this guy to have this thing in his Mm -hmm. house. And I would send it to him, and he would get the letter, and he'd show me the letter. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't care about the letter. Where's the furniture? And it's like, it doesn't show up in his house. Yeah. (laughs) And so then I, like, keep buying the same thing over and over again and trying to to send it to him and force him to put it in his house.
2: Yeah. I used to. Uh, I would. I would catch.
3: I didn't have that relationship at all. <laughs> give, me stuff, give me stuff.
2: No, Bill, I'm right there with you. And when they didn't do that, I actually, would take it a step further. I would go fishing, and if I found garbage, I would mail it to them. Yeah, <laughs> especially
3: about, yeah, the characters you hate, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, I would that's. Do- there's there is that certain level of hazing like there's the pitfalls you can drop an animal in you can whack an animal with a, in the head with a net um you know you can't really run up and punch anybody or hurt anybody in that game but there are like little things you can do to kind of define your character a little bit and i think that's even part of it too is when you're on the train on the way in they start asking you questions and if you're kind of if you're kind of rough about them you come out looking like l- a little evil looking <laughs> or at least <laughs> at least i did I don't know how yeah, you played, Jose. Sure.
1: No, no, I mean, I've heard, uh, and I don't know if this is 100% true, so maybe you guys can help me out, but do you know how in, uh, in New Leaf, people would use QR codes to sort of pave their own roads and set up, <laughs> like, uh, basically surfaces that would make it look like a street or like a curb or whatever they wanted? If someone moved into town and set up their house right on top of one, I heard, like, hitting them on the head with the with the uh, bug net was a clear sign you didn't want them mm-hmm. there. <laughs> they would eventually leave, but I don't know if that's true. Someone I knew told me that. I was just curious if you guys knew.
3: I don't know about that, I kind of don't think so. Okay, it could have
0: been a lie. I, I don't I don't know if it actually works, but I will admit to having used that technique many a times. <laughs> I <laughs> wanted to move out of town. Mm.
2: I I, I mean, I guess that's the thing. A lot of the villagers move out of town on their own anyway, so maybe it's working. But, I mean, I've had, like, best friend animals that are just like, hey, I got to go, man. I'm sick of this place. Come on.
1: No, but you're disappointed when you get that letter, right? I I mean, talk a little bit about that, right? Like, even writing these letters for these characters. Like, sort of how do you go about doing that? And do you have to write many? Or is there just very few instances where you need to do that?
3: Um... Not to get too, not to show the bones too much of the system, but you know, there are characters, or there are letters that you write for um, every different character type.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and I think, at least when I was working on letters like that, it was always trying to um, make it as tear jerky as possible, yeah. you know? Like, acknowledging that this is a real relationship that is ending, and um, how would. Uh, I guess just trying to elicit that kind of emotion out of the reader. Okay,
1: okay. So then, uh, Bill, going back to that first game, and the first character you meet, I believe, is Rover. Um, Sort of what, uh, how did you guys go about settling on his voice? Uh, You know, sort of, because that's the first character you meet in the game, at least in that one.
2: I like that you said voice. It's, it's all, like, animalese. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, but you know what I mean, in terms of, like, what's, what he's saying.
0: Yeah. That, that kind of deal. Yeah, well, he, the, the thing about Rover is he's, we kind of, we started with the fact that he's just this, this cat that you meet on the train. And, and so we're like, well, he's obviously not getting off at your town. Um, we don't know where he's riding from. We don't know where he's riding to. And so we just kind of had this assumption that he's always on the train. Uh, which is why his name is Rover which is also we thought kind of funny because typically that's what you name a dog uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and, and so but he, he also because he instantly starts talking to you um, we just kind of were like well obviously he's like that person on a plane or mm-hmm.
3: a bus or
2: a train who just won't stop asking you questions <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's John Candy in Planes, Trains and Automobiles I never put that together that's actually really sad he doesn't have a home to go to. Man. See, this is what I love about Animal Crossing, though, because there there is that there is that depth in these characters. Some of it's perceived and some of it is sort of you uh kind of assign them to that kind of stuff. Um yep. like I always there there is that sort of there's that idea that Tom Nook is kind of a malicious guy, right? Like he is the sort of bad guy in that game. And he's not really a bad guy, but he's a boss figure or a landlord, and I, I think people always assign those traits to those kind of people in, in, in the real world because they have to give them money, and that's you know, or work, or time, and that's kind of a pain, so uh, what's, what is it, what's it like sort of developing Tom Nook as a character? Actually, well,
3: Tom Nook has...
2: Is... He's kind of changed over time.
3: Yeah.
0: Because I mean... he was the landlord and the shopkeeper, yeah. and then i trying to think, he obviously changed in New Leaf, but was he, he had a, what was his role in the city for? Not the same. About the same, yeah. yeah. And then in this game, he's in Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, he's sort of the boss of Nook Homes, which is a carryover from, you know, his, his business in New Leaf. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he is very much sort of the absent boss, you know, mm-hmm. he's they they talk about him like oh he yeah, he actually showed up for work today that's amazing
2: <laughs> yeah which i really appreciate cuz it almost feels like and you know as somebody who's been playing animal crossing since the gamecube era it feels like a very slow minor but also uh, pretty great victory over him that he's now finally kind of out of the way he's not like he's not working on his bustling empire of department stores and 7-11s and all the other things and you know he does, his kids aren't working for him anymore Uh, he's kind of off to the side and you come in as the mayor or you're kind of, you're doing all this stuff. And, uh, that was kind of a pretty cool triumphant moment to be like, I think I got one over on Nook.
3: (laughs) He finally freed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, But he was definitely sort of an ambitious capitalist, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you can see the drive in his eye. Yeah.
1: Um, so uh, then how uh, and maybe Anne you could ask you this question how do you go about writing for, writing for Isabel and sort of her role because it's very different than Tom and um, she plays such an important role in New Leaf as someone who you constantly sort of talk to or she's like your liaison essentially for everything mm, I
3: actually didn't write the character
0: of Isabel okay mm. but yeah do you remember what that was
3: after
0: Oh, man, she, well, in, you know, she's she is sort of the very eager, mm-hmm. um, sort of the, the character in the background that's doing all the work and getting everything done. Because, again, it, you know, technically the previous mayor was Tortimer, and so the insinuation is that, yeah. you know, Tortimer being this old turtle who... Boofs and horse all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and he kind of, he's the guy that shows up for all the ceremonies, but maybe doesn't do a whole lot back at the office.
2: He, he's pretty checked out. <laughs> he's <laughs> always looking forward to his retirement. Yeah, yeah he's doing his, he's kind of doing his victory lap around town at all times. You know, oh, there's a party. I'll yeah, How's it going?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, the, the you know, I think definitely the insinuation is that she's sort of been the, the you know, the, the the one in the background who's moving all the pieces and making everything
2: happen mm. but she's also very eager to do it yeah yeah are you are you guys kind of surprised at the way this kind of quirky strange N64 GameCube game has now become one of your most defining properties. Like I mean there's there's characters in crossing over it to several other games. Smash Brothers, there's spin offs, it's getting an entire amiibo line. Yeah. I mean this is not something Mario that Kart. I Mario Kart I wouldn't yeah. have traditionally associated this type of game with like what a core Nintendo belief and value is, but the more you play it, the more you understand it, you really do get the way it brings people together. Are you guys sort of surprised watching characters like Isabel and Tom Nook resonate with so many people?
3: I mean, for me, by the time I started at Nintendo, it was, so, it was already such a huge part of, um, you know, the Nintendo brand. And also, it was such a uh, kind of crown jewel of the, the treehouse, you know. It was something that you guys had obviously put a ton of work into, and it was, you know, a shiny example of what local vision can be. So um, I don't know if that really answers your question, but I guess from my perspective, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: okay. I think for, for everyone that worked on the original game, it was really more a sense of relief. Yeah, you know, because it was it was clearly a very different kind of game. Um, technically, you know, and the, the Animal Crossing world is one where nothing really happens. You know, there isn't a lot of drama. It's it is just this peaceful town, and it's the things that you would do in a, growing up in a kind of a quiet, peaceful countryside town, like mm. collecting bugs and fishing and talking to your neighbors, and yet somehow that became this really fun and compelling gameplay. And so I think for everybody that worked on the original game, there was relief because localization was such a big driver of, you know, and, and so supportive of trying to bring it over, and, and also a relief just because of how, how much work it took to To Mm -hmm. actually localize the game,
1: yeah,
0: uh, you know, we were we were all really excited when we started to see the reaction from people online. I think one of my one of my favorites was um, I think uh, you know William William Gibson, the author, once commented on the game.
3: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: and that was like all of us were just (laughs) blown
2: away. That's awesome.
1: God, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, no, that must be that must be amazing. I want to ask, then, uh, you you had mentioned sort of different folks who are responsible for writing different characters. What are your favorite characters to write for and why?
3: So for me, I always really enjoyed writing um, the lazy boy personality type. I actually worked on that with you for uh, Wild World. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about, there's, like, a lazy boy hidden inside of me who just wants to, like, kick back on the couch and, like cheese clubs and video <laughs> games. So that character really spoke to me. Um uh who else? I really like working on Dr. Shrunk. I worked on him for Wild World, um, when he was still kind of a psychiatrist as well as a
1: comedian. Yeah, and that was his first appearance in the yeah. games. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you write his jokes for Newly? Anything to do with those or how do you move away?
3: I think Stephen Grimm did. Um Okay.
0: Oh, that makes so, oh my God,
3: that makes so
0: much sense now.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I don't know, there have just been so many fun characters to write for. And one thing that I've always really enjoyed about working on the series is reading other people's work, like seeing where they've taken um, their own characters. Uh, I remember back in the Wild World and City Boat Days, uh, we had a writer on staff, Alan, who, he did all the, the peppy girls. Mm-hmm. And it was funny that, like, you know, from his exterior, you wouldn't think that he had this, like, hidden, you know, <laughs> cheerleader inside of him. That was just, like, you know, waiting to come out. But, yeah, reading
0: stuff is always... I, I always got big kick out of it. Yeah. For me, I I, uh, I did the original translation for all of KK uh, Slider. Oh yeah. And then worked with uh, Rich Amtower on uh, the final rewrite of that. And we actually, uh, for the very first game, we had gone and gone back and researched sort of beatnik mm. phrasings and, and yeah. terms that they used <laughs> to throw about. With uh, and and we put together this whole glossary of of uh, sort of KK Slider speak. Um, that, uh, that we wove into it. But he was, he was very much just sort of based on kind of this... Like Jack Kerouac-y, mm-hmm. beatnik, you know, beat poetry, guitar
2: playing. I just want to make my music. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I always love that character because on the, in the GameCube version, I believe the later versions too, it was the only time you actually saw the credits... Mm-hmm. Like he would, and it, there was that sort of finality to it. Like, you're like, mm-hmm. did I beat the game? You're like, no, I just, like, I had a great day. Yeah. <laughs> like, you'd go in for coffee, and he'd just be like, what's your favorite song? I always picked uh, KK Cruising because it sounded like a, a Dr. Dre beat. <laughs> yes, I
0: love KK Cruising.
2: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> Actually, easily still, my favorite. Even to this day, when I have a house at Animal
0: Crossing, that's what I put on in my yeah. house.
2: That's everything. that's so cool. That's, yeah, it's always my first pick of, of all the songs that he's done. KK Cruising is my favorite. Okay.
1: So, uh, Bill, you mentioned uh, sort of running around, like, catching fish or just getting the collector's bug. Um, how do you guys go about writing some of these puns that you go for? I mean, there's, <laughs> they have some for fish. They have some for the, the bug specifically, I Oh, think. those are so great. And they're, they're consistently great. Uh, why don't you guys talk a little bit about that process? I'm glad that
3: you like them. Because <laughs> they've always been, like, yeah. I mean, it's fun to be able to really pun it up can be super corny, mm-hmm. so I'm glad that that has uh, resonated with you guys.
2: Yes, yes. When 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 somebody in the office like really groans hearing one of those, do you know that that's the one that you're going to yeah. put in the game? Our mark. Yeah, that's 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 what I figured. It, it to me it was always the ones who are like, ah, oh, why did you?
1: That's great. That is so good. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bill anything to add on, on sort of the, the the I mean was it were there puns in the Japanese version? like where did that come from? Just that
0: yeah, angle yeah they, they also had puns in theirs, and so it was you know when you when you start with something like that, then from a translation side, what you do is is you basically translate what's written and then you leave a bunch of notes, and it's like, okay, this is what it says this is what it really means and it's a pun on this and this which doesn't work in our language and so we've got to figure something out that ties into the name of the fish and and you know such and such um, and then it's up to the writer to really figure out you know how they want to do that and sometimes they'll do some that'll stick closer to sort of what's in the japanese and sometimes they'll just rewrite completely from scratch I
3: think a really important piece that all the um, Japanese to English translators incorporate too is uh, what the intended effect is on, for the audience. So, mm-hmm. like, for example, for puns, is mm-hmm. it supposed to be a groaner? Yes. Okay, we can do groaner.
0: <laughs> like that. Yeah. Okay, okay. One of my, what am I, you know, the one that sticks in my brain the most uh, from the Japanese version is, of course, the sea bass. Uh, which is the fish you probably catch the most yeah. mm-hmm. and in Japanese sea bass is, the word for that is Suzuki and in Japanese Suzuki is like the smith mm-hmm. in Japan, it's it's very very common so in Japanese you would catch it and the text would pop up and they would say it's Suzuki, oh you again you know as if oh hey okay, it's another person named Suzuki yep um, and, and I thought I had explained this to to Rich when he wrote was writing all these puns but I don't know if it was just me dreaming that I explained it to him or, or maybe he just ignored my explanation because I think in the English in the, the original GameCube version it actually does
2: say you caught a sea bass oh you again mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man which like you it it really drives you nuts reading that over and over again. Like it actually, that totally, that, 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 that completely works. Cause you're like, I want to get a red snapper. I want to get, I want to get something I can sell for 5,000 bells, make some money on this house. Mm-hmm. And you get a sea bass, which is worth absolutely nothing. And you have to throw it back.
1: It's yeah. not even worth carrying it back to nooks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then how have these characters sort of transformed with uh, Happy Home Designer? I mean, this is the first... Or, or even have they? Like, this is uh, what seems to be the first Animal Crossing spin-off, spinoff, um, not one in the in the vein of the original games. Um, do you approach writing that differently? Does that change sort of the way a lot of the characters sort of behave?
0: It's probably similar to how you guys approached it with New Leaf because New Leaf was probably the first game where you started to see... Existing characters appearing in roles that were new, mm. um, and it seemed like it, in some cases they were kind of written newly for the roles that they're in a little bit. Mm. I don't know. Yeah,
3: I can't speak too much to Happy Home
0: Designer, <laughs> um, but but yeah, taking for like taking you know Tom Nook for example, he's um, as I mentioned before, he's sort of this. He he runs Nook's Homes. Um, but he seems to have lost a little bit of his capitalist edge because it feels like he's, he's, he's hit the big time now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's, not, he's not sort of that omnipresent character that he used to be where you would see him every day in the store multiple times a day yep. or you're paying him back constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of like he's popping in and checking in. and So he, he does have a slightly different feel. And then kind of similarly, you have uh, the character Lyle who, if you recall from... Was it City Folk, I think? was. Oh, no, the DS um, Wild World was where he first yeah. appeared. And he was sort of this pushy insurance salesman <laughs> yeah. in that game. <laughs> um, and he's still got a little bit of that personality, but, uh, but now he's working in the office with you, and, and so he's not, he's not nearly as annoying mm-hmm. as he was in that game where yeah, you're yeah. just like, no, get away from me. I don't want to buy your insurance. <laughs> who,
2: uh, who writes Mr. Resetti? What's going on over there? Like, is that is whoever's doing that? Are they is everything cool?
3: (laughs) Actually, uh, Mr. Rossetti is a character that I would say is really um, the source of it. A lot of it came from uh, the translator who worked on that character, who was originally Tim O'Leary. So he came up, I mean, it's my understanding of it. Yeah, like he informed a lot of. That voice, because I think in the original Japanese he speaks in like a Kamchat dialect, mm-hmm. um, and
0: so kind of kind of gruff, kind of uh, rough, very yeah. straightforward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, kind of tied in more to you know where the mafia home mm-hmm. base is in Japan, and so you you know, and that's I think why he mm-hmm. he, shows, he says things probably. like Capish. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I never put that together. That's great. I didn't either, actually. Yeah, Rossetti's always been like, so he's angry at you but when he when he kinda like blows off the steam, he's kinda like, Look, man, I, I don't I don't wanna have to do this. But I'm I but I have to do this. You know, like you were just making a mess of this world. Just please just take care of things for me here. And you're like, mm. Alright, I actually kinda feel for you. You get a glimpse into his apartment, that weird, kinda sad man cave that he lives underground in. I'm very, I'm very invested in this character, personally. <laughs> I, I think oh. it's the mo- it's the mafia connection.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you have yeah, to but, work really it, hard to, to get to <laughs> go to his home.
2: Yeah, I think to your original
0: question, though, I mean, Happy Home Designer really is where you start to see some of the, the characters that you know from the series taking on different roles. Um, you know, Isabel is still, she's still kind of the go-getter and is still there to help you with building facilities and things like that, and it's great because this time there's a lot of, there's facilities that you can get in the game that haven't been in Animal Crossing game up until now, like mm-hmm. the school, the hospital, things like that. Um, and so I think that's, it's kind of, and it's fun because then if you have amiibo cards, then you can take characters that you have amiibo cards for and you can assign them specific roles within those facilities. And so it's sort of like, and, and it's, I, th- I think Brian is probably going to love this when I describe it to him in this way, and I think I'm going to be uh, eternally embarrassed when I say this out loud. But it's this game is sort of about creating your own personal Animal Crossing fan fiction. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how you assigned... Uh, 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 the respect and love of fan fiction to me <laughs> that's thank you very much for
1: that you have a whole career worth it <laughs> to, to that set this up
0: it's, it's like i you know like the other i was playing the other day and ribot showed up outside and, and basically kind of the way that i play is I, I start you know you start your day every day at the job and you come out and you see who's outside and who wants somebody to build a house who wants you to build a house for them and and basically the way that i do it is i'm like well is there is there a character waiting outside who I desperately want to have in my town or is there somebody who's talking about a house design that has that sounds like it's going to have furniture and items that I really want to have access to and if the answer to either of those questions is yes then I immediately will pick You know, one of those two characters, and if the answer is no, then I start going through my my Amiibo cards and deciding, okay, who do I want to bring into town? Mm -hmm. But so Ribot shows up outside, and and I was super excited because I was like, yes, I want like Ribot is one of my favorite characters. He's the the little robotic frog, Mm -hmm. and I desperately want him in my town. And and as soon as he showed up, and I'm and he, I got to start picking his house. I'm like scrolling around the map to find a space, and for some reason, I tapped on the mountain and uh, way up on the mountain, this big snowy mountaintop sort of, and there was this plot of land where you could put a house and it was surrounded by a moat. And instantly my brain was like, oh my God, Ribot is like the evil villain of my town. (laughs) And so I just, I'm like, I'm going to build him. Like I'm going to set up this whole story where I'm going to, he's going to be the evil villain and I need to find somebody who's going to be superhero and i'm going to design their houses like so that you know
2: i mean no there's a a great sort of sense of irony of taking a robotic frog and surrounding him by water because frogs love water but robots hate it
0: (laughs) (laughs) well and then i'm right
2: there with you i can fill out this fiction with you man this is right and so
0: then on the outside of his house they have like i took like the anatomy statues like from science class so he has his house is surrounded by an army of these like anatomy statues that look sort of like zombies.
2: Oh <laughs> so he'll he'll never get he'll never get trick or treaters or you know door to door salesmen or anything like that because that's uh, that sounds utterly terrifying.
1: <laughs> I like that I like that a lot. Um, and I, I have to say that, that that's a part of the game that I didn't expect to get hooked into. Sort of uh, applying what I perceive as their pers- their personality, applying things to what their personality says to me. You know, I didn't expect that right away. And yet, you know, you can do something like that. Or maybe the instruction is just, I like citrus fruits. And you're like, you're going to love them after this. So wait, till you see what I'm <laughs> wait till you see what I have in store. Oh, do you? We're, we're going to Costco. <laughs> yeah, this is going to work. Uh, oh, Anne, on, on your first game, your first game again was Wild World. Uh, correct? Yeah. Okay, uh, just uh, if you can talk a little bit about your experience on that game. I mean, you, you're coming into a series that you know, Bill and some folks had sort of established, but here you are, your first time working on it. Like, what? Uh, can you just talk a little bit more about that experience, and t- and talk a little bit about sort of what was going through your mind? Some ideas, some original ideas you were trying to pitch or push, or I mean, was there even room for that? Well, uh,
3: the cool thing was that there was so much. Okay, so for like the the characters that carried over from the original Animal Animal Crossing, I felt like there was so much depth, kind of like you were talking about, like. Yeah. There are a lot of places to take each character. Um, so there was that. And then on top of that, there were a lot of new features too, and new characters. Like, Shunk was a new character at that point. And it was just really fun to be able to um, take him in a, a different direction. And the cool thing too about the Animal Crossing dev team, they've been really open to collaboration with us. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really special part about working on any type of animal crossing series is how open they are to that. Okay,
1: um, okay. and uh, sort of looking at the existing characters, I mean, do you guys compile all that stuff in, like, books that people have to kind of study? Like, how do, how do you prepare new people coming into this franchise?
3: Well, the funny thing is, like, as, like the first day I started at Nintendo, I
1: mean,
3: the Nate Builder, my boss, was like, okay, here's Animal Crossing here's what you gotta do you gotta play 20 minutes every day so that's basically how we get people started it's like as soon as they start mm-hmm. you know pick up Animal and play it because this will be part of your life at some point
1: got it got it okay okay and eventually that, that came true mm-hmm. so, yeah this- in fact we
0: we worked on the original one it was part of the entire team's life yeah it was I think it was the only thing that we were working on for, mm-hmm. for many months at one point yeah, uh, yeah and Nate was on there and he did he had a lot of fun with that and Scott Ritchie who's still here. He was with us at the time as well. And, uh, and he had,
2: he had a lot of fun writing some of the the girl characters too. (laughs) (laughs) I think that sort of, uh, camaraderie and togetherness that I, you know, and also, uh, the division that that came between my roommate and I in college over who was playing the game it's 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 a really important part of the franchise we have the same effect here at IGN when um, when a new animal crossing game comes out there are fifteen different people playing it at the same time and we're talking to each other about which fruit did you get in your town which furniture do you have all come to your town and trade with you um, I think it's like it's really one of the coolest things that has actually come from a game that is both so deeply personal and that you are sitting there customizing your house and your yard and the, the interiors and even the paintings that, that you put up or even your museum is different from from player to player to uh how how much it really just brings people together uh, with the online community and the fact that you can open up gates and bring in strangers and friends and family members um so i guess i don't really have a question for that i just want to say thank you for Working on a, a series that I, I you know, you guys are obviously passionate about and in turn your audience is passionate about and I personally have been so invested in for for so long. So seriously, thank you guys for working on such an awesome game series. Well thank, yeah, thank
3: you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Good. I feel super honored to have been a part of um the titles that I have been part of. I feel really lucky to have been able to work with that team.
0: Yeah, I mean it's that's the thing is that it's, you know, kind of like the way that that you talk about how you talk with your friends about what's happening in your town was actually pretty analogous to the way that we were talking with each other when we were vocalizing mm-hmm. the game. It was sort of like, well, what characters are you working on and what are they talking about and and you know, and so it was sort of like you, we would kind of go in and do our thing and then we would start having those same conversations and it, would, it was almost like a process of discovery for us even in localizing the game mm-hmm. because it was so big and you're like, you know, somebody would say, oh my gosh, I, had, I, was, I was working on this whole section of the game and I couldn't believe that this was even in there. And you're mm-hmm. like, I haven't even seen that. Yeah, Like, how is that possible?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, it does come back around almost to the cartridge story you started the game with. Um, whereas, you know, I didn't experience it... Uh, Deeply on on GameCube, but when I did, especially on New Leaf, uh, it did turn into street passing with folks looking at their homes and immediately going, "Oh man, so I want this, I want this." Like, and it, it did turn into I want to say like keeping up with the Joneses. Like, yeah, you're just you're looking at this uh, these other creations people made, and you're like, "Yep, I need to do this. I need to step my game up, uh, or I'm stealing that coffee table because now I can buy it."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, on the on the Nintendo, D- I'm just throwing throwing this out there. On the Nintendo DS one, I made like. 10 of my favorite rap album covers into flags for, oh. as textures. It was like Wu-Tang's 36 Chambers, <laughs> Nas's Illmatic, uh, Dr. Dre's The Chronic. I made like pixelated versions of all their flags and put them all over my town. Do you
1: still have this cartridge somewhere? It's,
2: it's somewhere. I can dig it up.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, we need to, really we need to put these up. I think listeners would want to see it, if anything.
2: Yeah, for sure. Just imagine really crappy looking eight bit versions of your favorite or my favorite <laughs> rap album covers of the '90s. Got it. Got yeah, it. Right.
1: I still want to see that. I think yeah, for so sure, amazing.
2: man.
1: All right, guys. Well, thank
0: you. But you, you were. I mean, you were talking about the kind of the way that you would street pass with people and see what they had in their rooms and wanting to get all that stuff. And when they we first started looking at New Leaf, or not New Leaf, but Happy Home Designer and the design focus on it, I was kind of like, well, I you know, I I like designing my own room and I'm wondering what it's gonna be like to have a game that's so focused on design. And what I quickly found was that it actually it it meshed with a couple of different things. And one was, you know, I, I mentioned this idea of fan fiction because I, I always had these ideas of like what the animals were mm-hmm. doing when I wasn't yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. You know, or and and then the other was as I kind of talked about earlier, how I would always try to get people to put stuff in their house, and now I'm like, I can I can design their house the mm-hmm. way I want. Like I can turn Ribot into that super villain, <laughs> you know, or I can. It's like I can, I yeah, I can give you the house you want, or I can give you the house I want. <laughs> 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 and, it, and it's it's really I've, I, it's kind of hooked me in a way that I wasn't really expecting, uh, well, which did I think is a lot. Of fun it's sort
2: about. of like that Looney Tunes cartoon where you see the pencil come in, and you know erase staffy duck's beak and give him a new hat or his put the mouth on the back of his head like you get to kind of play god a little bit or this sort of mad scientist overseer to take these characters and make their houses the way they want uh, i saw uh, dan reichert over at giant bomb mm-hmm. was talk- was playing the game and he was sharing his experiences and talking about how you know uh, one character wanted basically a nursery so he put uh, uh this this kind of crib in the middle of the room, but then surrounded it by like oil flames and the character was kinda like, Alright, well that's not really all right, sure. Yeah, I can see that working. Yeah. You know, you get to put yourself into it, so that's very cool.
1: Yeah. But you at the end of the day, even if you are playing sort of an overseer and the person who is putting the the furniture together, the minute you throw away something that uh, they want it. You get that immediate like piano reaction. Yeah. Right, oh, Up. Well, I need to put that back now. Um, or well, else.
2: it it kind of feels like. Uh, and hear me out on this one. But there was that show Pimp My Ride with Exhibit, <laughs> where he would like latch onto something. He'd be like, Oh, you know, your girlfriend told me you like fish tanks. Like, all right, where is this going? Well, so I turned your car into a fish tank, and there was just like fish tanks all over it. Like, I had a character in 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 uh in the game the other day say, Hey, you know, I really like. Like, I, I want, like, a library type of situation. And I was like, okay, we're going to make that happen. So I made all of the walls bookshelves. I put books all over the floor. It looked like something like, uh, you know, somebody would have gone crazy in.
1: Historian or conspiracy theorist. Yeah, yeah, exactly,
2: you know. Exactly, yeah. you know? Okay. um, But, you know, it's just at the end of the day, they were happy with it, so I was happy with it. And that's how that works. Nice. nice. Well, the funny the funny thing is, too, is that I
0: actually, I got I had that same character who wanted books everywhere and and I basically took it and turned it into like this little parlor right and then and so you had like these it looks sort of like the kind of room you would go put a smoking jacket on Mm -hmm. and sit down and and totally chill by the fire but then within the room I made like a sub room of bookshelves around it with like a little tiny way in that you kinda have to squeak through and then you get into like the secret chamber of books in the middle and so it's like even with a simple request from one character you still have different interpretations of yep. how you can bring that to
1: life. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very, very true. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for coming on our show. Uh, definitely looking forward um, to either having you guys pop in more often, and definitely looking forward to playing more uh, Happy Home Designer. I
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm gotta, trying. We gotta I'm-
1: compare designs. I want to see what you got.
2: I'm trying to avoid collecting all these amiibo cards and, and figures. It's it's <laughs> I, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> well, you guys. I mean, in the copy of the game, it will come. There's a there's one of the cards in there, and I'm like, oh, they did it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, first hit's free. Yeah. <laughs> I may have said that before. Yep. All right. Well, thanks again, and uh, uh, for sh- for sure, uh, you're welcome here. Whenever to come through and uh, you know drop some more great stories behind the making of some of these games. We really appreciate hearing that. Right on.
0: Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All
2: yeah. Right. Thanks a lot, guys. Cool. Hey.